Hello, dear listeners, and thanks for listening, and Merry Christmas. I have a Christmas adventure story for you that involves a very close friend of our family. I'd like to introduce her, or actually I'd like to ask her to introduce herself. Can you please do that? My name is Faye, and I'm 11, year old, 11 years old, and I'm from New Zealand. Okay, so tell me about this Christmas adventure. Who went on the, the, the trip? Did you go alone? No, so... My mum and I went on this trip. Okay, and where did you go? We went, so the, our destination was the Arctic Circle. The Arctic Circle. Seriously? Yes. Okay, so you went on a Christmas adventure to the Arctic Circle. Where were you? Which country were you in? I mean, were you at the North Pole or just inside the Arctic Circle or what? We were in Finland. Okay, you were in Finland in the Arctic Circle. That sounds already super amazing. How did you get to the Arctic Circle? So we took a train from Denmark, and it was an overnight train. Okay, and, and tell me about this train. How many people were in it? Was it nice? What did you eat in there? I mean, did you go there overnight? So we were there overnight, and there was about 20 people in our wa- in our wagon. And I remember we were really, really tired. And then we woke up the next morning, and we had a really nice pastry for breakfast made by some... French people, um, and it was r- really nice. It, they had bunk beds, and it was a really nice place to sleep and to stay. Right, you really can't go wrong with French pastry. Now you're going to the north uh, to the Arctic Circle. Um, can you tell me, like, were you going there to meet someone special? Yes, our the point of the trip was to go and meet Santa Claus. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my God, that is absolutely crazy. Can you? So you were in the train and probably super excited about going to meet Santa Claus, right? Yes. Um. So, can you tell me what the landscape looked like? You look outside the window of this train. It's very. It's winter time. It's around Christmas. And what did you see outside the train window? So it was dark. It was only light for about an hour per day. And it was heavily snowing, Mm -hmm. and we saw lots of bright stars, and it was a full moon, and it was really, really beautiful. Okay. And how deep was the snow? The snow was about up to my knees at the time. Okay, so actually that's not too deep considering that it was, you know, December in in, uh, Finland, but uh, still pretty snowy. Yeah. Um, Okay, and what was your your destination? Where did you arrive in, um, in Finland? So we went to Rovaniemi. Rovaniemi. I've never heard of that. So, what? Tell us about. What did that look like? It's How big was it? A extremely small town, and it's really beautiful. They have um, a very small population, and the they have like like one store for the whole town. Oh my gosh! So it's pretty tiny. You say a really small population. How many people are we talking? We're talking probably two thousand. Oh, wow. So everybody knows each other pretty yeah. much. Okay. And so you, um, where did you stay? We stayed in a glass igloo, um, and it was like in the middle of snow hills. It was mm-hmm. really pretty. Okay. And, I mean, could you see outside? I mean, it was made out of glass, but was it covered up in snow? or? No, actually. it. We could see the stars through it, and we could, um, but after a while, snow did begin to fall on the roof, and it did block out some of the view. Okay, how long did you stay in this in uh, Rovaniemi? We stayed one night in Rovaniemi. Okay, and so um, what did you do when you woke up the next morning? Like, did you go immediately to, to go visit Santa Claus or what? No, we went and had 
um, we went and had breakfast, and then we went and the we went to the on a walk with lots of people, and and we came out of the walk of out of the trees, and there was a big fire pit and lots of roasted marshmallows, and we were roasting marshmallows, and. People after people got called, and eventually it was... One, um, one second. How many people were, were there to go see Santa Claus? Probably, I'd say, a hundred people. A hundred people? Like, how many of these were kids? Um, Half of them? Actually, no. A, quite a lot of adults. I was one of the only child. There was probably three other children there. Oh my gosh, wow, like, wow, so like mainly adults, okay, Yeah. sorry, I interrupted you, um, so people got called up individually, or maybe, you know, in their little small group, Yeah. Mm-hmm. and, who called them up? So, an elf guardian, oh my gosh, called the people up, he, um, um, he was a security guard, he was an elf security guard, and he was calling people up and checking their names off the list, and... It was our turn. After a while, it was our turn. And my mum and I went up to the, went up to the doors and the elf led us through to, and to two other elves. And one was a girl and one was a boy. And they took me into the toy testing section. And we had to test these little dolls. And if they were a, if they were good dolls, um, and they worked properly, we would put them down a, a pipe good pipe mm-hmm. and then if they did not work we would put them down the other pipe which was a bad pipe and then the elves led us to the doors which santa claus um we then went over and met santa claus oh my gosh you went to meet santa claus that is amazing like tell me exactly what happened so we walked in and santa claus welcomed us in and he said he said welcome and i went over and i sat on his lap he gave me some hot chocolate, and I sat on his lap and we talked about what I wanted for Christmas, and then my mum was just watching us, and he, they also had a talk, and he said I had been very good, and then he gave me a very special reindeer toy, one for me and one for my brother, and the, the reindeer do- toy was white, and it was really cute, and it ha- was called Rudolph, and we each got one. Okay, and how did you feel like you're meeting the real Santa Claus inside the Arctic Circle? This is insane. How did you feel? I was scared at first, um, because I didn't want to, like, disappoint Santa Claus, because, or myself or my mum, but overall, I was very, very excited, um, and my heart was beating really fast, because I was really, really excited. Did anybody faint? Um, probably. Probably one or two people. <laughs> okay, but not that you saw. No. Okay, so after you met Santa Claus, like, what time of day was that? It was probably around three o'clock, because we spent, like, an hour walking. Oh, so it was it was already dark. It was already dark. Yeah, three o'clock in Finland in December, northern Finland, is going to be dark. And um, what did you do afterwards? So, afterwards... The, uh, we went sledding, mm-hmm. and then the next morning when we woke up, we sta- we went to a instructor's a place where everyone, um, some of the group was getting 
a um like we were all checking in it with our um, our um warmness gear like our um coats and stuff and we had to have very fluffy warm boots um to keep us really warm because the temperature was really really low and it was really cold and snowy outside and then we each got into these little carts mm-hmm. and there were these cute little red carts and me and my mum went in one my mum and I went in one and we got pulled along by these dogs huskies you told me right yes they were huskies and we they were snowy white huskies and they were puppies and we got they were trained and we went down a hill a snowy hill and we went we once uh, like after a little while we arrived at our destination and that was um a, sn- a snowy field um that was surrounded by lots of trees um on the border of the snowy um the snowy like area area mm-hmm. yeah and we had to sl- if we were going to get out we had to stay extremely close cuz there was wolves um, oh my god yeah, so there was actually wolves. Um, they, um, if we went too far, something bad could have happened. So we had to stay super close to the, um, to the carts. And after a while, we, um, these green streaks of light, which were the northern lights, started to appear. And they were very, very faint because it wasn't the best day to go northern light looking, but we saw them. And they were, like, dark green and yellow and light green, and they were really, really pretty. Oh, amazing. And um, did you do anything after you got pulled by these uh, these huskies? Did you go on another ride? Yeah. So we, we went at, like, 5 o'clock, and we, we got to, we went, so we went in a cart, and the cart took only a couple of people to a different cart took us only a couple of people to the reindeer place and there was reindeers being auctioned and we went around the we went around the fence and we met the instructors and they assigned us to a reindeer each and we got pulled along by reindeers and they were um just pulling us through these through the trees and we got to have a cool tour and they were walking not very fast they were trotting okay they were trotting and so after that what did you do did you go back home in the train or what or not home but i mean did you go back to the south of finland in the train or no uh yes we took a train back and then we went back to new zealand by plane Okay, that sounds like a really amazing Christmas adventure, and um, undoubtedly seeing Santa Claus was the highlight of the yeah. whole adventure. Yes, yeah. I would, uh, yeah, of course, that goes without saying. Okay, thank you, Faye, for the interview, and um, Merry Christmas again to everybody. So, hi, everybody. Um, I'd just like to introduce you first to my dad. Set Dad, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. So, um, I'd like to have my dad, I'm going to ask my dad a few questions about an interesting family tradition that he created a few years ago. Dad, what is this Christmas tradition that you created? We call it Toys in the Woods. Uh, it's a situation in which we go hunting for toys that blew out of Santa's sleigh after Christmas when there was a lot of uh, depression and having to go back to school and all that sort of thing. <clears throat> yeah, I call that the holiday desert. You know, you have first you have Halloween, 
and then you have Thanksgiving, and then you have Christmas, and each one of those is better than the last one. And then you have New Year's, which in this part of the world is, is not what it is in, in Eastern Europe or, or, you know, former Soviet countries where New Year's is the, um, you know, the main holiday. So, you know, you have Halloween, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then you have New Year's, so it goes down a little bit. And then after that, you have really nothing that can compare. There's Valentine's Day and there's President's Day, but those those are not of the same quality or caliber as mm. as Christmas. So you have what I call the holiday desert, and this was, um, I think, a way to fill the holiday de- desert. Isn't that right? That's right. Okay, so how did you come up with this idea to fill the holiday desert? I just uh, thought it up one day. It occurred to me that we would go out looking for toys that blew out of Santa's sleigh as he flew over uh, Cincinnati, and we would find toys for Trish and Joe and Tim and Danny and whoever. So, uh, And we went out into the <clears> woods, went in Woods or Mount Airy Forest or... Sharon was once in a while and looking for the toys and seeing what we could come up with. Okay. And could you tell us about the first time um, that you had this tradition? I think that would have been in 1980 when uh, Trish would have been five and Joe would have been four. And Tim probably would have been a little bit too young for that. And we went out hunting all over Winton Woods at that point. And Trish found her toy and then uh, Joe couldn't find his until we lifted him up on top of an outhouse. (laughs) <laughs> flat-roofed outhouse, and he found his toy and was happy as could be after that. Okay, and when this happened, the first time you did this, um, did you believe that it was going to be an annual thing every year? Uh, it was so much fun that I figured it would continue, but I, did, I wanted to see how the kids... I always kept an open mind as to what was fun and what was not. We've had some uh, entertainments that didn't work very well, um, even if I didn't like them, but then some of them were, quite frankly, a little bit dangerous. But uh, for the most part, it was... It started off good, and it stayed that way. Okay, now back then, you know, they were talking about the um, the early 80s. Um, the weather was significantly colder. We had colder winters. So um, what did you do afterwards? You know, you brought the you know brought us home, the kids home, um, after, you know, a, a cold afternoon walking around the forest. Of course, having a great time, but it was still cold. So what did we do when we got home? Well, we got home, you know, uh, if it was too cold for the kids to be out in it, uh, we didn't do it, uh, but if it was, not, you know, it would be about 40, 45 degrees. We could walk all over Winton Woods all afternoon. As long as you're moving, you're okay, even with little kids. So if it was dangerously cold, we didn't do it. So Okay, so 45 degrees, everybody, that is um, a few degrees um, centigrade above freezing, above zero. So um, can you tell us maybe about a later um, Toys in the Woods when everybody was there? Because there's a between myself and my youngest brother, there's an 11 year difference. So for you know 11 years we had, or 10 years we had this tradition without him, and then he joined us at some point. So can you tell us maybe about his first toys in the woods? His first toys in the woods, he had to go out into Mount Airy and with his older oldest brother Joe, and uh, he was crossing a creek on a fallen timber, and he had to crawl across that, and he was scared to death. And Joe said, if you fall, I'm going to catch you because he was right underneath him. He managed to get it across the creek. He found a couple of toys for himself and told me he never wanted to do that again because <laughs> he didn't like it. He said, I should go out and find his toys for him, and I should bring them back, and he could play with them. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting is I don't think I remember any of the toys themselves, but I do remember the, the you know doing this. It's not the, uh, I mean, the toys are, of course, fun when you're a kid, but it's the process, of course, that you remember yeah. um, and the people that you're doing it with. Um, so, Dad, could you tell us about the um, the future of Toys in the Woods? Well, 
they were going expanding it to the grandchildren and uh, the last time we did it I found some of my toys and it was a couple of years ago I found a 12 pack of now extinct burger beer um, and this, uh, yesterday a couple of days ago it was a bottle a nice bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon and like that when the uh, grandchildren would find their toy I found my toy Okay, so what you're saying is that uh, Santa Claus um, carries alcohol in his sleigh at times for adults. I, I would sincerely hope so. It seems like that's the case. Yes. Um, and oh, one note for listeners, uh, Burger Beer is a local beer that was produced here for a long time, starting probably in the 1950s or 60s or something, and probably in the last couple of years it started to... It started to fade out, and recently they just completely stopped producing it. So now, as, as my dad mentioned, um, burger beer is extinct. Um, and also, I want to add that we um, expanded this tradition in another way um, to um, an expedition that we took. Um, and you can listen about uh, that expedition um, in um, one of the following um, audio tracks that's included here. So that's all for now. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And, um, Dad, thanks also for, you know, giving us this interview. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Okay. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas. For the first of this week's double episode, I'm going to interview my friend Shalva. Shalva is a graphic designer and paleontologist from Tbilisi, Georgia. He also speaks flawless English. Hi, Shalva. How are you doing today? Hey, Tim. This is very nice. I'm doing great. Really enjoying the holidays. How about you? I'm doing great, Shalva. Thanks for asking. We had a really nice Christmas with my parents, my niece, and two of my nephews. One of my nephews is just three months old, and I met him for the first time for Christmas. Now, Shalva, you also were a part of our family Christmas with me, my dad, my sister, and with Faye, a girl who is a close friend of our family and who's just 11 years old. Could you tell us about your part in our Christmas? Well, Tim, as you all know, hails from Cincinnati, Ohio. A few weeks ago, I was extremely surprised when Tim invited me to join himself, his dad, and his sister to a Christmas time ceremony. At first, he flatly refused to tell me what it entailed, and didn't want to tell me what was going to happen until the last minute. My participation in the ceremony took place entirely over a video call on Facebook Messenger. Tell us what finally happened. But of course. I'm located in Tbilisi, so I was nine hours ahead of Cincinnati, and it was pretty late when Tim called to say he was ready. But fortunately, I'm a bit of a night owl, so I was ready. When I turned on the camera, Tim and his family were on top of a large hill with a view over the city. He pointed out the notorious Star 64 Tower, I think it was, which sits atop of the tallest hill in the city, and in the best case, broadcast Chuck Norris action films and in the worst case, Taiwanese action movies from the final quarter of the 20th century. Okay, thanks for noting the infamous Star 64 Tower. Let's not let it steal the spotlight, though. We were all located in French Park, which is the park that we would go to when we were kids. Sometimes we would drive there, but it was close enough to walk. It is a really forested place with several miles of dirt trails for walking or running. I used to bike there, too, even though it was and still is illegal. My older brother also used to go there to catch frogs and snakes and then bring them home to live with us. One of the snakes actually escaped, around which time our dryer stopped working. That's another story, though. Shalva, please tell us what happened next. Well, after Tim turned on the camera and got done talking about the tower, he showed me that he was sitting on a nice bench with a small tree over. It was pretty cloudy and everyone was shivering, so I figured it was cold outside. Tim served some hot water to himself, his dad, his sister, and Faye, and then gave them a surprise drink, which turned out to be a rooibos chai. That's rooibos with some spices in it, in case you didn't know. It's quite vivifying in cold weather. 
tell us more. So, next, Tim took me on a small tour of the uppermost part of French Park. As he was doing that, I heard over the camera something that sounded like a massive bird flyover. Its wingspan was easily as wide as one of those yellow school buses you can see in American movies. I heard a terrible scream, like from a pterodactyl, and so I advised all of them to approach a nearby tree. When they approached the tree, Faye spotted a red and yellow pteranodon perched on one of the lower branches and put the beast on her backpack. I explained that the pteranodon has a large beak that acts like a vacuum cleaner. It will just put its beak in the water and suck up fish and all kinds of living things and drink them, or eat them, depending on how you look at it. Tim suggested that since we'd found something intriguing from the air, we might look for something in the water. I asked if there was a source of water nearby, a lake, or river, or maybe a faucet. Tim led me and his family down a hill in the forest to a creek. At one point, Tim became quite agitated and asked Faye to come closer. She did, and discovered a blue and green Mosasaurus. I urged great caution, because the Mosasaurus was the Tyrannosaurus rex of the seas. How big was the Mosasaurus? Mosasauruses ranged in size from 8 to 17 meters. The specimen that Faye found was 8 meters long, so on the small side, but nonetheless extremely dangerous. Was Faye able to capture the Mosasaurus that she saw? As a matter of fact, yes, she was indeed able to grab it. Is that all? No. Next, our expedition took us back to land. Tim and his dad went in one direction, Faye and his sister in another. Tim and his dad heard the sounds of a battle between two great animals, and when they approached, they witnessed a large adult female alligator battling an anaconda that was trying to peel for Mama Gator's eggs from a burrow. Tim called out to Faye and his sister, and the four of them watched the fight unfolding until finally, Faye came and grabbed the gator in her left hand and the anaconda in her right hand. Tim's dad took the burrow and the eggs. By the way, Faye was again quite expert in her handling of the beasts. She knew the key, which is to hold the animals' mouths closed. This prevents them from biting. I also explained nest temperatures within the range of 86 to 93 degrees will have both male and female offspring. If the temperature goes above 93 degrees, however, the eggs will develop as male, and if the temperature dips below 86 degrees, the offspring will develop as female. So that means our gators will be female. That is correct. What did they do with all these animals? The Pteranodon, the Mosasaurus, the Anaconda, the Gator and the Gator Eggs? I am glad to inform you that Faye put them all in Tim's backpack and took them home to keep as pets. Yes, that's right. We also told my mother about our expedition. We gave her a softer version of what happened because honestly, the last thing she needs is a shock. Indeed. Who needs a stress like that? Yes, that's true, and beasts like the Mosasaurus roamed in it quite freely.